Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. What a month we've had, right? And um, listen, I, I just, as I prepared for today, I thought about how strategic this teaching is, and I've said this before. In the next five years, 90 or 95% of the membership of this church will make life-changing decisions. Decisions on marriage, decisions on career, I mean career-defining business decisions. And so you have to understand that what we're teaching is not an elective course. Is a compulsory course. You see, in the university, there are some courses that are thrice as important as other courses. So where you have one-unit one courses, you have three-unit courses. This is a three-unit course. I dare say maybe a ten-unit course. This is projects. Six units. You have to get this right. That's what I'm saying. When we're talking about following God's plan for your life, descending the leading of God, this is something that will affect your destiny. And that's why I want to appeal to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Please take this seriously. Take this seriously. You need this. Tell the person by your side gently, say, you need this, you need this, you need this, bro. You, the way you are looking, you need this. <laughs> All right. Turn the Bibles with me, Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. I've crafted this sermon in such a way that even if you had not been following the series from the beginning, you're going to glean a lot from this. So I want you to pay attention um, because the reason I didn't just go straight to it is to accommodate some people. So pay attention now. Genesis 18 from verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Listen, I can't get over this text. I can literally spend the whole day on this text. And if this is the only thing you get today, it just might be enough. Shall I hide from Abraham the things which I do? So there are some people eagerly coveting divine leading, saying, God, speak to me. Lead me. And there are some other people. It is God who is saying, will I hide from him? I just cannot hide from him. What's the difference? The Bible tells us in verse 19. It says, for I know him. Oh, wow. What a statement to make about a human being. God is saying, listen, God is banking on this guy. He says, I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. L listen, that's the part that got me the most. It says that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Meaning, everything I tell Abraham as it pertains to my plan for his life, he will do it. I'm talking about a doer. This is not the type of person who comes to church, hears the word of God and does nothing. This is a responsible believer. I know that if I tell him, he will do something about it, about it. And God says, for that reason, I cannot but tell him. 
think about that. Maybe that's why you've not really been led as you should. Because we're dealing with a God who knows the hidden thoughts of man. A God who knows your history. You have precedents, you see. All the former leadings he gave you, what did you do with it? No one likes to talk to someone who doesn't like to listen. So before you ask God again to speak to you, maybe you should check yourself and say, listen, am I really a doer of the word of God? I think this is the first and most important thing as it pertains to divine leading, that God can make a boast about someone called Abraham and say, this is a faithful man, this is an obedient man, this is a consistent man, consistent in obeying my will and my desires for his life. For that reason, everything I want to do, I will tell him. What are you going to do if God reveals his plan for your life? Will it make a difference? Ask yourself honestly. Because some of us are programmed in a way that it is what our culture tells us what the economy tells us, what, I'm saying this respectfully, our parents tell us, even though it doesn't align with God's plan, that's what we will do. So in the school of divine leading, there are more important questions, more fundamental questions than even hearing God's voice. And this is the question of receptiveness. How receptive are you? So someone is there saying, God, speak to me clearly. I'm not trying to be overbearing, but I want something resounding like a vision, you know. Um, or in fact, better still, just appear to me. But history bears witness that even if God comes to the earth, wraps himself in human clothing, lives in your neighborhood for 33 and a half years, some people will still not listen to him. Are you with me? Some will still not listen. So it's high time we told ourselves the truth. It's not about how clear the leading is. It's about how receptive. Haven't you read? The Bible says about Jesus in the incarnation, John chapter 1 verse 10. He says he was in the world. And the world was made by him and the world did not know him. He walked into his own creation. His own creation rejected him. Majority of the people. They didn't discern him. You think that your problem is, oh, God only gave you a nudge. If he appeared to you, then you would know for sure. He came to the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came unto his own. And his own did not receive him. Praise the Lord. If God appears to you, what do you think he will look like? Because we still have these physical characteristics, these mental models about how the leading of God should be, what it should sound like, the depth of his voice. And in seeking the spectacular, we've missed the supernatural. And here is what you need to know. This series is not complete until you know this. God leads primarily 
via his word. Please, did you hear what I just said? God leads primarily via his word. And chances are that the reason why God has not spoken to you the way you think he should speak to you is because many of the things you are asking him to talk to you about, he has already said in his word. Someone said, if you want to hear God's voice, read your Bible out loud. Specifically, the parts painted red or the epistles. Read it loud. That if you would sit down and objectively discern the will of God in his word, 50% of the leadings of your life are already covered. The other 50% being the specifics. You know who to look out for. Can I tell you something? It is very interesting that a lot of church boys don't know how to pick wives. They don't know. The church ladies are tired of you. Am I speaking? Am I speaking? Should I speak freely? Then the ones that are interested, they know Sabi. What is wrong? Why are they forehand? What's going on? Hallelujah. So are you going to look into God's word to know what to seek? To know what to want? Because God will lead you primarily with his word. Let me tell you something. Any heart that is not aligned to the word of God and is seeking a, an extraordinary leading, that leading will never come. This is the principle. If your heart is not aligned to the written word, every extraordinary leading will be an, an encouragement of rebellion. And that's why God will never speak to a heart that is not aligned to his word. Because to do that will be encouraging rebellion. I didn't make this up. It's right in his word. Someone says, speak to me. Give me something clear. How about you give me a sign? And God's response is, evil and adulterous generation. No sign will be given to you but the sign of Jonah. Meaning all the sign you need is already in the word. Read it. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man. Are you getting the line of thoughts here? Meaning, if you reject the word, expect no extraordinary, no supernatural leading. Because God will lead primarily via his word. And this is the reason why Jesus walked on the earth and people did not know him. Because you will not descend the Son of God by his physical characteristics. You will not behold his nose and say, Ah, this is the nose of the begotten Son of God. He knows it all, you know. Something. Hey, don't leave me, don't leave me. There is nothing about his physical characteristics, nothing about his visage physically. In fact, all those things will lead you away from him. His background, son of a carpenter, this cannot be the son of God now. If son of God wants to come, is it, where were you born? Menja. Everything was wrong. You had to descend him in the word. You descend the son of God in the word of God. Do you understand that? 
This is so important. And so even when on the road to Emmaus, the Bible says two disciples were walking that road. And they were talking about how the, the Messiah had been killed. Oh, we thought he was going to bring deliverance to Israel. Now he's gone. The Bible says Jesus joined them. And he asked them, what are you talking about? And he said, are you a stranger in this city? Haven't you heard what happened? Oh, this great man was killed. A great prophet he was. And we thought he was going to bring a political change to Israel. Because that's what they thought the scope of his salvation would be. And he said, oh, fools and slow of hearts. And this is the part that, taught, that caught my attention. He didn't say fools and slow of hearts to believe all that I've said. When I was here, did I not tell you I will rise again? I am here. He didn't say that. Now, many of us, from a natural standpoint, you would have expected that's what he would do. Why are you mourning me? I, I told you I will rise again. I'm here. Did I not tell you? That's not what he said. He said, oh fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had said. Even Jesus pointed them to the word. And the Bible says, beginning at Moses, that's Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, meaning the Old Testament, he began to expound to them, explain to them in the scriptures, the things written concerning him. So Jesus would rather they understand what the Bible said about him than what he said about him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you have, uh, we are talking about a Messiah that honors the word above his name. How are you going to walk with such a person if you don't honor his word? And so as he began to explain the word to them, the Bible says their hearts began to burn. Their hearts began to burn. And all of a sudden, they now saw, oh, this is who the Messiah was meant to be. This is what he was meant to do. And then he broke bread, gave to them. When they ate, the Bible says their eyes were open and they saw him. And someone says, why did he wait till the end before he gave them the ability to discern him? Because he wanted them to see him first in the scriptures before they recognize him physically. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is the principle of discernment, discerning God and his plan for your life. You must see it first in the written word. If you miss the written word, even if the supernatural is around you, you won't discern it. Are you getting this? This is so crucial. This is so crucial. As long as your heart is not aligned with the word, every attempt at getting some confirmation will be you asking the Spirit of God to encourage your rebellion. So your, your heart must first and foremost be aligned where God says, I know him. His heart is in my word. If I tell him, he will do it. There must be that level of consecration because you see, oh, are you with me? The church is full of people who come to church, hear the word of God, but still there is that heart problem. They want to look like the world so bad. It's a problem. We have to talk about it. As it pertains to divine leading, Think of it like a radio. 
many times the problem is not the voice. Whether your radio is on or not, the people in the station are faithful enough to keep talking. All the programs they promise to have, they will have. If you miss the timing, it was you. It was your alignment. Are you getting this? And that's how the leading of God is. You've missed many programs. Missed the timing. And the problem is not that God wasn't speaking. He was speaking all the while. You needed to turn on the radio and do better than that. Tune to the right frequency. Many of you, you are hearing voices, but it's not the voice of God. Because on that radio, it's not just one station. It's not automatic. The devil is also trying to talk to you. Your stomach is trying to talk to you. Listen, that's one thing you must learn in this service. Your stomach has a voice. Your stomach has a plan for your life. Your stomach is going to seek to lead you. Your friends have expectations. Can I tell you something? I want to say this respectfully. All the major leadings of God in my life, it is very rare. In very rare occasions, did the people I look up to pick it that that was God. I'm not saying that's the case all the time. On very rare occasions. So you have to have the fortitude to follow the word of God. Follow the voice of God. Refuse to follow. Because can I tell you something? You can have a father who is a pastor. But can I tell you something? <laughs> Especially when it is your loved one. It's very difficult to just allow them to obey God. Am I saying the truth? Because out of care, you can lead them away from God's plan. Lead them away from God's plan. In your mind, you want to protect them. You want to guide them. The type of job they should have. The type of this they should, you know, and all of that. And you just plan it. Many of you, the things you're angry at your parents about, you know, they didn't allow me to follow God's plan for your life. If you're not careful, you will make the same mistake. Because you, want, you have to understand they were doing it out of care. When Jesus said he was going to go to the cross and Peter grabbed him and started rebuking him, he was doing it out of care. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you have to have a lens that helps you see the proper perspective of God's word. To understand that in this divine radio, there are other stations, there are other voices, and they are also constantly talking. And did you ever try to do it as a child where you try to tune into two stations at the same time? Did you ever try to do it as a child? What's, what's happening? People were not adventurous at all. Raise your hand. Don't form now. You had radio. We know. <laughs> How did it work? It never worked. Or at best, you won't hear either of the two stations clearly. Isn't that true? You're going to have to align. So, so many times... Like I've established thus far, it's not so much about the leading of God or the accuracy thereof. It's the other voices that you need to shut off. Because sometimes you even heard God and you were clear, this is what God wants me to do. Then when you're going, you tell some friends and they're like, ah, 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 ah,
Let me ask you this and be honest. Have you ever felt a leading to give? You stood up. Maybe you even made a pledge. At that moment, you were speaking in tongues. Then on your way back, you were like, hey, God, who's, who sent me a message now? Am I the only one? What have I done? <laughs> it happens. The title of this sermon is The Voice of a Stranger. The other voices that you must shut off if you're going to hear God's voice. So that you can tune your frequency properly. I'm going to talk about the voice of the flesh. I'm going to talk about the voice of false prophets. I talked about the voice of fear, you know, midweek service. I'm going to touch on it. Where that sermon, Brave, I hope you've li- listened to it. Did it bless you? Those, if, you, if you belong to the gang of people who miss midweek service, you're missing a lot. Fear. Talk about the voice of circumstances. Then I hope I have enough time to touch on all this. So let's move as fast as we can. The voice of fear. Let's talk about that very quickly. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. A text that you should know if you've been in church for some time. It says... I say then, New King James Version, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. These are two potential leadings in your life. The flesh is trying to lead you. The spirit is trying to lead you. And sometimes, to, not sometimes, all the time, to walk in one, you have to shun the other. You have to understand this. It says, for the flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you wish. This is what is hindering you from following God's plan for your life, many of you. The flesh. That's what has kept you from following the spirit. The flesh is warring against your spirit. It says, but if you be led by the spirit... You are not under the law. The fact that he starts with but means that he is making the leading of the spirit a contradistinction from the leading of the flesh. They stand against each other. This is something you must understand. Like I told you, your stomach has a voice. Your stomach has an appetite. Your stomach has a plan for your life. And if you will make it a compass for your life, it will guide you. Gladly. But if you will follow your stomach, you will miss out of God. Don't you understand? The Bible says to be carnally minded is enmity against God. This is the problem. Many of us claim to be interested in the leading of God, but we've not dealt with this appetite matter. You can't serve two masters. You either love one and shun the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. If money is the number one driving force in your life, you're going to miss out of God's plan for your life. You won't have the patience, the fortitude to follow God's plan. That's something you have to realize. We have to talk about it. To be carnally minded, to make decisions in your life following your stomach, it says it's enmity against God. 
The Bible describes people who he calls enemies of the cross. It says whose God is their belly. Have you seen people? Friendship does not count when they are hungry. Promises do not count when money is at stake. No matter the promises, they don't know anybody, they don't have any friends when it is money. Why do you think people kill? Kill people because of money. Robbers go to someone's house, kill them and take their money. And listen, you might hear stories like that and you think that's extreme. But many Christians in some smaller measure are doing the same thing. Choosing their appetite against the will of God. You have to learn. If you follow the voice of the flesh, you cannot please God. Today, the message is simply this, without faith. Oh my God. Are you here today? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who will come to God must first believe that he is. And he's the reward of those who diligently seek him. Many times you don't see the reward. You don't see the point. And your friends who are taking the easy way, they'll be taken off. Taken off. They've changed car three times before you had your first one. And you have to decide. You have to make a choice. How many people have strayed away from God's plan because of their stomach? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Paul says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed to Thessalonica. He has forsaken me. Initially, at the beginning, he had ginger. I'm going to serve God with my life. Oh, at the camp meeting, he cried. Paul, where are you going? Let's do ministry together. I say this which, with so much pain in my heart. There were many people who caught a leading to ministry the same time I did, in the same school, the same environment. Not many of them are doing what God told them to do, I can tell you. And don't judge them. Learn the lesson for yourself. Because can I tell you something? In a, in a university environment, anybody can dream. But when you come out and hunger wires you, and your parents begin to tell you, are you stupid? Are you daft? Are you, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? I remember one day, I've only stood up to my dad twice, you know, verbally, you know, in my life. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not particularly happy about that. And by the way, my dad loves and supports all that I'm doing. But like I said, Peter, in the innocence of his care, might have tried to sway Jesus from God's plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he stepped into um, a place where I was, and we had printed some ministry materials, devotionals then. And he picked them. He said, oh, all oh, this is nice, but make sure these hobbies do not, does not interrupt your career. And I was so stared. Normally, I don't know if I can even respond that way. But just hearing the things that God has told me, I'm obeying with, you know, all the effort that went into it. And then someone picks it up and says, hobby. 
<laughs> I said, sir, this is not a hobby. God called me. This is not a hobby. This is not a hobby. Maybe if you were in Jesus' shoes, you would have been nicer. Oh, I know Satan is the one at work pushing Peter to speak like this, but I won't say get thee behind me, Satan. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you speak to protect your heart. I wasn't saying it because I was trying to be, um, to be, to be obnoxious or, you know, I was saying it to protect my heart because I would have left that place thinking, hobby, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, where God tells you something and someone innocently makes light of it. Hallelujah. You're going to have to make a choice. Some of you, you need to listen to the voice of God. This, your appetite for money will put you in trouble. Will put you in trouble. Will put you in trouble. Hallelujah. I've been tested many times. You have to talk about it. Where Abraham hears from God and says, go to a place that I will show you. And Abraham goes, he's the one who heard from God, but because he's going, he goes with Lot who happens to be his nephew. And as Abraham prospers, all that are with him prosper. Lot begins to prosper. Now Lot has a lot of servants. Lot has a lot of cattle, has a lot of money, and he's feeling, oh, what do I need Abraham for? I can do it on my own. Lot's servants, because the servants are so many, they begin to strive with Abraham's servants. If I was Lot, I would call my servants and warn them. Ah, 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 you're getting carried away. Oh. <laughs> you're getting carried away. Behave yourself. But he didn't do that. And Abraham, the one who heard God, was the one who even called Lot. Ah, let's not fight. You know, this is the problem with this generation. So many young people are so arrogant. They don't even know it. They know too much. And so it is Abraham who came to Lot to say, to make peace. And say, you know what? Pick where you want to go and go. And even if you want to go, the relationship is not working. The person you followed said, pick. You two said, um... It was his stomach. And he saw the land that looked the greenest, the best, the most fruitful. He picked it for himself. And you might say, oh Lord, why will you do that? You just might be doing the same thing now. You are picking the place you're going to spend your future and you pick a greener land, Canada, US. That's what a lot of you are doing. And listen, I'm not saying, when it all comes down to it, if there is no specific leading on your life, do you? <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious. Can I, I'm going to preach an important sermon on Wednesday when God is silent. I was meant to preach this Sunday, but I wanted it to be the last thing. All right? Don't miss it. You will understand what I mean by do you on, on Wednesday. 
all right but some of you you are so bent on seeing the greener land that god is speaking and you don't even hear it what if god wants you to be here listen do you know i can cry and beg you the flesh will make you ever learning never able to come to the point of truth that you can be such a person of worship but god knows that there are aspects of his life he cannot touch aspects of your life he cannot touch so some of you literally this travel matter god cannot even bring it up you've shut him from it why do you want to travel i don't know why god is making me dwell on this many times asking yourself why will be all you need all i'm saying is listen to god some of you make no mistake the lord may be leading you to travel are you getting what i'm saying but i'm saying listen to god don't follow your appetite otherwise you will fall into trouble the sodom and gomorrah that lot chose eventually was destroyed and ironically the instruction was don't carry anything as you're going out how many people have lost everything because they followed their stomach lost everything go don't pick anything if you don't you will salt seasoning and like i told them in the first service go and read your bible well it is very interesting that the place lot was commanded not to turn and look at abraham from where he stood was looking at it the bible says he saw the flames from sodom how did he see it he was looking. Don't follow your stomach. Follow the blessing. Are you with me? Yes, the blessing was on Abraham. Follow the blessing, not your stomach. Follow the blessing, not your stomach. Follow the blessing, not your stomach. Follow the stop trying to get god to bless what you are doing start doing what god is blessing there has to be a receptiveness a consecration where you say you know what god i have no let me tell you something i have no plan for my life i mean it I want what God wants. I've been like that for years. For years. And God has so trained me that anything outside that plan, it doesn't even appeal to me. It's not, it's not, not every door is God's door. Not every opportunity carries the blessing of God. Praise the name of Jesus. The second voice I want to talk about. The voice of false prophets. In fact, strictly speaking, the theme of this service, the voice of a stranger, applies more directly to the voice of false prophets. Because we got that 
um, that phrase from John 10, where Jesus gave the metaphor about him being the good shepherd, all right? If anyone does not enter from the door, but climbs any other way, he's a thief and a robber. Who, who, he who enters the door is, a sh is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens the sheep, hears his voice, he leads them out. He says, but the voice of a stranger, they don't know. They will by no means follow. For they don't know his voice. They will flee from the stranger because they don't know his voice. And someone says, who is the stranger? And so many of you thought it was the devil, didn't you? But when you read on John chapter 12, he calls the stranger, the thief, the hireling, different names for the same person. He says, but the hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming. So who is the wolf? The devil. So now, who is the stranger? False teachers, false prophets. And listen, it's ridiculous that we have to talk about something so basic. But the problem is some of you who look so calm, cool, collected, you look like you are Christocentric, you know. You still are so gullible. Like Paul to the church at Galatia, sometimes I want to ask some people, who has bewitched you? That at your age, someone would take you to a river and bathe you. At your age, you ought to be ashamed. Not just your biological age, your spiritual age, with what you know. Some people are so, are so vulnerable, so, so, so porous. A stranger will meet you on the road, start engaging you in so-called prophetic gifts about the things happening in your family. And you listen. And you wonder why a lot of Christians still fall victim to things like one chance. It's because it's, it's curiosity. Let me tell you something. The first sin happened by curiosity. The serpent said, you shall not surely die. If you take this fruit, it will make you wise. Then the Bible says, Eve looked at the fruit as one that can make someone wise. How can you know by looking at it? How can you know? She began to see the fruit differently after the devil spoke. Curiosity. What would it tell me? What? Maybe there might just be something. And so, subconsciously, some of you, the major leadings of your life, God is willing to lead you, but your own priority is to take your name somewhere. Some of you is not you, it's your parents. I wish your parents would listen to this sermon. It has to stop. It's an error in the body, it's becoming too rampant. Parents innocently ruining the life of their children, giving them to things to eat from one baba, taking them to places they have no business going, making them do, do things they shouldn't do. Some of you, even your dad cannot bathe you. You are too old for that. But you let a stranger bathe you. 
if you hear the things that I hear as a pastor, the things so-called pastors, when you go to a pastor and he brings out blood to rub on you, what is going on? And then someone told me that it's her parents that wanted her to do it and out of honor, honor, Sorry, are they vexed, have you? <laughs> it's like my voice is loud. It has to stop. Who will bear the consequences? Let your parents eat what they are giving you. Let them eat it. You eat something out of honor. Ah, Koyemio. I don't get it. Please stop this. Stop this. And start showing your parents that you have some sense of direction. Like I said on Wednesday, when you allowed, you know, you've been working now. You are still staying in their house. Since you started working, you have not bought granite oil. They are still taking care of you, buying clothes for you. You are flexing on the ground with clothes your father bought for you. Then they now want to take you to a pastor. You say, no, I'm an adult. No. <laughs> and you are wondering why they didn't listen to you. Hallelujah. It's curiosity. These false teachers can spot it. They know vulnerable people. They can spot it. You know, one day... <laughs> You, I'll tell you two stories. Before I even knew what one chance was, I was at Bode Thomas. I didn't even Ogunsoya, actually. I wanted to take a cab. I entered the cab. This was years ago. You know, no car with a bike, with a normal. So I entered this car, and then we're going. All of a sudden, the driver just looked at the person by my side. Said, what did you put in the boots? What did you put in the boots? And then I didn't even know. He said, ah, please, I, it's dollars. If, please, if you don't report me, I will share you, share some of the money. And he was like, I will take you to the police station. So I was already getting angry. I said, please, are you going where I'm going or not? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Many of these people, they catch, they catch you because of your greed. I was like, what's my business? It's not my money. Are you going where I'm going or not? But because you hear dollars, you, anywhere, even in your dream, the devil knows how to catch you. So, when I said, please, are you going my direction or not? The, the driver was shocked. I can still remember... The expression on his face, he looked at me, he said, dollars. <laughs> I said, are you going where I'm going or not? And then he stopped me, I came down. So, innocently, when I got home, I was still a fresh graduate from school, I was telling my mom, oh, see what happened. She said, ah, <laughs> that's one chance. Uh, I didn't even know. You don't have to know it to avoid it. If you are not following your stomach, you will miss out of a lot of danger. 
But some of you, they can spot you by your appetites. Spot you by your curiosity. That's how they catch you. So you, they now tell you, okay, there's a spell on the money. They take you somewhere and you go. You already seen the place they're taking you is funny, but because of money, 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 this money matter. Hallelujah. Are you okay with God? It will save you a lot of trouble in this life. Be okay with his plan, his timing. Hallelujah. Don't envy people. You don't know what they've done. They can spot you. They, can spot. they have specs. The second experience, I, I was at ICM. My car wound. Then I saw one alpha came. He, he was an apprentice. He does not see well. Anybody who sees well will not come to me. <laughs> so his other people who were clearly more experienced were in the other car. So as he was coming to me, sir, I have a word for you, prophecy. I want to pray for you. His friends were shouting, hey, hey, leave him alone, leave him <laughs> It was very funny. <laughs> I was like, how oh, I now? <laughs> they were shouting, hey, leave him alone, leave him alone. They said, okay, sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's not just because it was pastor. I, can I tell you something? He has taken the stony heart out of my heart, my, the flesh out of my heart, the stony heart out of my flesh. Before I say something, calm down, calm down. We didn't hear your voice since now. <laughs> Pay attention. Any desire that is inconsistent with his will, that you are allowed to linger in your heart, will put you in trouble. Hallelujah. Avoid unnecessary curiosity. Some of you, you know, just any person that has a semblance, once they say Jesus inside, you are sold. You are sold. You have a church. There are some things I don't pay attention to anymore. You have a church. You are moving from pillar to post everywhere. You won't stay one place. You will fall into trouble. That's what I'm saying. Avoid unnecessary curiosity. That's what the devil uses. It's the oldest rule in his book. Curiosity. Third thing I want to talk about, fear. It's a voice that God will speak to you clearly and fear will also speak to you. You have to understand. You have to expect it. <laughs> Anticipate it. It's normal. Almost normal. It's what you do with it that matters. Everybody will have to deal with that disparity. Because many times we don't even know who we are in the Lord. That you are merry, going about your normal business, trying to serve God the way you know how to. 
not knowing that you are a special person in God's plan, and the angel stands in front of you and is hailing you. Blessed are you amongst women. Gives you, it calls you highly favored of the Lord. The Bible says Mary was afraid. Ah, what kind of salutation is this? This, what I am painting is the picture of many of you and your work with God. You don't know who you are. And so God is telling you, this is who I've made you. This is my plan for your life. And you're like, let's not be too ambitious. Always bringing yourself down. No wonder in ministry, God takes approval seriously. That at the baptism of Jesus, he would tear open the sky, you know, and say, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Because he doesn't want your approval to come from men. He doesn't want your approval to come from... Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? He takes it seriously. He did it twice. This is my beloved son, hear ye him. Paul says he is faithful. He counted me worthy, put me into the ministry. He counted me faithful. So Paul had a strong sense of approval. He said, not as though I'm sufficient of myself to think of anything as of myself. He says, my sufficiency is of God. He has made me an able minister of the New Testament. Let me tell you something. If you will listen to God and who he says you are, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. It will increase your esteem. It will, oh my God. When I got born again, it changed my life. I'm telling you. I wasn't always the most, I wasn't always, you know, the confident kid in the room. As I grew in the Lord, it changed my life. I knew how to speak up. I became, conf- I became bold. Let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have a lot to share with you. But are you listening to what I'm saying? So you must deal with that disparity. Mary, who did, who did you think you were before God came and told you his plan? Who did you think you were? And now, how do you bridge that gap? Because God appears to Jeremiah and says, I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. Jeremiah says, I'm a youth. I'm too young. God says, don't say you are too young. Don't be dismayed by their faces. I like how God pumps people up. Build your confidence. Let me tell you something. If you will pray more, if you will listen to God more, you'll be confident. Stop listening to the voice of fear. Because there is no other way to walk on water. You can't test it in the boat. If that's what you're thinking, it won't, it, it won't happen. You must step out. Let go of all the supporting structures. Step out. If you're going to, like Abraham, leave your kindred. It's a sense of security that you have there. That you have to look away from. God said go. I, listen, let me tell you something. It's just like the miracle of five loaves and two fish. You will, see, you will see where this is going very soon. If God wants to feed many people, you would have thought 
for you to know it's a miracle, the bread will start swelling. As, God, as Jesus lifted it up and broke it like this, it will just rise to the sky. And everybody will be looking at it. Hey, it's swelling, oh! Huh? It's swelling, oh! Huh? Yay! It's swelling! Then it will drop on their head. Yay! No. In fact, you would only have known that it was multiplying by what was left. Do you understand? I said that because you can be in an environment seeing a miracle and not see it. You might not really discern it. You don't know what it means to belong to a church like this. And God said, we should go to Abuja. And I left this church, went to Abuja two years. What does that do to you as someone observing? What does that how does that help your own personal ability to follow God's plan for your life? Or you think it was easy? Fear spoke to me. <laughs> all kinds of things. And that's when you will start hearing all kinds of stories. You know, that you now go there, six months, only 30 members. Then this church will now be taking care of you. Are you still the lead pastor? <laughs> lead pastor, where did they feed? Hallelujah. You have to let go of all the props, all the scaffolds. At the stage, there is a stage in building a building, the scaffolds must come down. Are you listening to me? The scaffolds must come down. There are men... They are meant to be there temporarily. Your parents are that scaffold. You can't follow God's plan for your life. You're still looking for your daddy's. Let me tell you the honest truth. Since I got born again, I never, and I'm, I'm not saying this because things are easier now. I never dreamt of my father's, anything my father has to give me. Never. 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 Things like that will make you miss out of God's plan. Things like that. People who sin, it is by following their fear, their stomach like that. People who poison their dads to die, to take their inheritance, is from small greed like that. The man is still alive. You are imagining how it will be when you are in charge of, charge of the house. That's how Satan enters people. You think the people who, who did it, they premeditated it. It starts gradually. Trust God with your own life. Leave all this. Follow God's plan for your life. If you hear me say, I hear. So to be sure you're following, number one is what? Are you whispering? Some of you, you like to add bars at the back, so I would think you are talking. Vroom, vroom, vroom. What's number one? What's number two? What's number three? And number four, I'm going to spend just a few minutes on this time is fast spent. <laughs> Hallelujah. The voice of circumstances. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, 
that God, Jesus spoke a parable, parable of the sower. The sower sowed seed, some fell by the wayside, birds came and devoured them, some fall on, fell on stony places, um, some f- f- um, fell among stones. And then he interprets what it means for the seed to fall among stones. In verse 22, he says, He who received seed among stones is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word. You come for a camp meeting, you receive a prophetic word, you are sure God spoke to you. You are pumped. You're pumped. You go home speaking in tongues. God spoke to me. God has led me. Then circumstance comes. And then, you see, another old rule of the devil in his rule book is he tempts you with your sense of urgency. You are getting old. I mean, look at your friends. You have to understand. Compromise is usually as a result of urgency. If it was the first year that God promised Abraham a son, that the idea of Ishmael came, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have taken it. But as time was going, time was going, time is passing on you. Now you get more desperate. When you get desperate, ah, you're falling prey to Satan. When you get desperate, it's very hard to follow God when you're desperate. I'm telling you the simple plan of Satan. Because when he, listen, when God speaks to you, he hears it. God said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then he comes to you. And he's like, really? You want to go through all that? You want to die? Be buried three days? Listen, bro, they're going to beat you. I mean, beat. You want that? I'm not talking about secondary school beating. They will scourge you. Blood is going to come out. They're going to remove your clothes. March you around the estate. And then they will kill you, hang you with thieves. Your name will be soiled. In the books of Israel, it's still recorded historically that Jesus was crucified with thieves, like a criminal. The way you will catch someone stealing the jungle justice, which, by the way, I strongly disapprove of, and you see them, when you see them marching someone around with his clothes, without his clothes, you know he stole. That's what they did to Jesus. Why do you have to go through all this? If you will bow to me now, I will give all to you. Why do you have to do all of that to be king of kings and lord of lords? Look at, look at. Think of what Jesus saw. The Bible says in a flash, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The wealth, the power, the recognition. He said if he would just bow. It's sweet to read stories like this until you are the one. 
when someone sits in your front and offers you money, or someone who has, who has compromised is changing cars, and you know him, you know that if you change your mind from following God, you just have to knock. He will gladly, he will think he's doing you a favor. Have you noticed that people who are in error, they're always glad to recruit people? That drunkards may not give you money, but if you want beer, So you, know, you know who to talk to. Maybe right now, if you, if you change your mind, you know who to call. Circumstances. You now have to make a choice. Can you trust God? Trusting him might take more time. You now have to believe his word. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. Waiting sometimes is frustrating even in our generation. This is the fast-paced generation. You want it fast. A lot of 23-year-olds are already feeling like they failed in life. A lady gave me a call years ago. Said, I want you to help me. I hear, I hear you, you hear from God. I say, yes. I want you to help me ask God what I did to him. True life story. Ask God. I don't know why he hates me so much. I said, what's the matter? She said, I've been applying for a job. For so long, my friends will get a job, I won't get it. Why? Help me ask God. Because the same thing has happened even when I was in school. I, I will read well, I won't have good grades. Help me ask God what's the matter. I said, calm down, calm down. How long have you been job hunting? Say, mm, actually, I'm doing my NYC now. <laughs> True life story. Eh, 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 eh. I said, you graduated last year. He said yes. I said, if I dip my hand through this phone and slap you, slap you, or dip my hand and nod you, what is wrong with you people? She said I should ask God why she has been seeking for a job during her NYC and has not gotten it. That even if the job comes now, she can't take it home. Some of you, pressure, just your friends, you know, you can't wait. Do you know everyone who was in the will of God and experienced delay? It was because something special was happening. Everyone who took time to take in, it was because they were about to give birth to someone special. Check it throughout the Bible. John the Baptist, all of them. Maybe it's not about the numbers. <laughs> you want to have seven children heading nowhere. You go to the water, they give you ice block as a child. They put eye, nose, mouth in ice block. Then you're wondering why you're telling the child, the child does not hear a word. <laughs> it's ice block. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul said, I know whom I believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to his hands. Do you know who you have believed? Sometimes it will be hard. When you keep your plant in his hands, your life in his hands, don't change your mind. It will look hard sometimes. But say like Paul, I know whom I believed. He's able to keep it. He will do a good job. He's always on time. 
Do you believe that this morning? Rise to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.